Did you hear about the expensive but ineffective yoga class my son William took? No. It didn't help my bill fold. It's Schmanners. Hello, Internet. I'm your husband host, Travis McElroy. And I'm your wife host, Teresa McElroy. And you're listening to Schmanners. It's extraordinary etiquette. For ordinary occasions. Hello, my dove. Hello, dear. How How are you? I'm a little lispy. Because I just started at Invisaligns. Mm. Because not, not out of vanity, folks. It's because, well, a little bit. It's me. Everything I do is a little bit out of vanity. But I have a crossbite, and my dentist is worried about my teeth wearing unevenly and breaking. So either I'm going to sound a little lispy or like I'm doing hyperdiction. Um, <laughs> depends on if I'm thinking about it or I not. I wouldn't say that you sound lispy. I think that uh, it was once described to me as splashy. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, and that's true. I, I'm noticing it. In, in the, especially in the th sound, yeah, because a part of it is because of the crossbite, they had to like keep my teeth a little bit parted, mm-hmm. right, so they could move around. So I can't close my teeth fully, so my tongue keeps wanting to like flop out, like for, spill through. Yeah, yeah, which I've been working on in speech therapy since I was like in second grade, like keeping my tongue behind my teeth. So this is so frustrating. Um. And that was my phone, which is also frustrating. <laughs> so we're going to be talking this week about uh, Invisaligns and no, the history of Invisaligns. Actually, we're not. No? No. We're going to talk about wallets and purses and the like. Is retainers and braces something we could talk? Is that something? Uh, Dental hmm, work? Maybe. Dentists? Maybe. There I'll see what I can there. dig up. Okay. Don't dig up any dentists. Not with stuff. my teeth. <laughs> Why would you dig up dentists with your teeth? I mean, You're you really sick. shouldn't. Sick. That's a fun one to say. <laughs> okay. So we're talking about wallets and purses and billfolds and the like. The like. So I'm going to take a guess and say that this one goes like way, way back, right? Absolutely. Um it definitely goes back to the ancient Greeks uh, uh-huh. and probably before that because... The ancient ancient Greeks? <laughs> there must have been somebody that the Greeks were like, oh, way back then? They weren't like, everything just started now. Exactly. Well, because when you got to carry stuff, you put it in a bag. <laughs> right. And I also assume that as soon as you have something of value, right, be it, uh, you know, metal coins or gems or whatever Mm -hmm. right that you're like i shouldn't just have these loose in my hands right well and even and togas don't have pockets (laughs) right i've never i've i've been in julius caesar before togas don't have pockets listen we're gonna get to pockets because they do relate to wallets and purses okay um so the idea of a of a wallet um, which is kind of, you know, a different name for, uh, for a, um, I guess there's, there's nothing else to say except for a lunchbox, right? 
Huh? Well, the okay. wallet that we think of now didn't come about until the advent of paper money. But before paper money, you had coins, uh-huh. right? Um, but if you didn't have coins, what else was important to you during the day? Probably food. Oh. Or, um, or in the event of maybe shared lodgings, any other small keepsakes, things you didn't want out in the open, you would keep with you constantly. Okay. Um, and so That makes a lot more sense than what I thought you were saying, which is like... I thought you were comparing like the wallet in my pocket to a lunchbox. No, no, and no. I was like, no, I don't. No. Hmm, you've seen both of those things you're talking about, right? Okay, cool. The wallet of back then was more like a purse. Now I've got you. Okay. And that's why I think that they needed to be discussed at the same time. Is this one of those things where like wallet, purse, pocketbook, billfold, yep. they might all like technically be different things, but. They're fairly interchangeable as far as terminology goes. Yes. Okay. Um, because here's the thing. All of these things at one point or another uh, were sliding back and forth between these thing, those things, right? Okay. So a wallet was very much like a purse and they were held in the same way and they contained the same things. It's more of almost, it feels almost like, um, you know, you know, like gender marketing. Yeah. Oh, uh, I yeah. Oh, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. Yes, that's what, that's where I thought you were heading with that. So what happened was everybody used to have a little bag, uh-huh. right, where you keep your food, your valuables, coins, whatever you needed. Once again, I've been in Shakespeare shows. I've seen people throw little bags of coins to people. Man, look at uh, I almost said Nightmare Before Christmas. <laughs> Christmas Carol. <laughs> Where he says like, a very different thing. Yes, uh, where he says like you know go get the the turkey, the one as big as you, and he throws him the bag of coins right that he has around his neck. Right, and that was actually a very um, a, a usual, a very usual place for people to put their things because anyone at any time could like break into your house and you wouldn't be able to find them. Right. right? Um, so the purses usually were the drawstring type bags right secured to your belt around your waist um and a lot a lot a lot of fashion depended on having that belt to be able to attach your purse to okay um it still didn't keep thieves from cutting the purse strings hence cut purse yes um, and and stealing them. Just in case, that's a, a, a fairly archaic, but terminology for a thief or a pickpocket is mm-hmm. a cut purse because they would literally cut it off your belt. Okay. Um. So then, what happens is I, I mentioned fashion because the fashion started to shift, um, and especially for women, the belt with the attached uh, drawstring purse became pockets um and i don't know if you have watched any like like um i I guess it's like a getting get ready with me costume videos i have not okay well so how one how a woman or anyone wearing a dress would get dressed is you would have the chemise or the shift right which is like a long straight thing um dress that you would usually use for like sleeping in right Uh think of a nightgown 
And then you would do your under petticoat. And then you would do your pockets, which were basically two bags attached to a string that you would tie around your waist. So it was like, it, so it was like <laughs> inverted chaps. It was yeah. like just here's some flaps of material. So, but they weren't pockets in something. They no, were they literally were... just a belt with pockets on them. Yes, because they weren't sewn into the garment. Uh, you put them on, and then you put your over petticoat on, and both. And this petticoat had slits in the sides. Uh-huh. A lot of the dresses did, so you could just kind of put your hands in the slits, and it's like I love this. I folds miss this. and folds of fabric. I miss it. I tell you right now, every day when I put on my new pants for the day. I got to go through my pants from the day before, pull out what was in those pockets, put it in my new pockets. The idea of just transferring pockets to the new pants, that's, it's ergonomic. It's, it's an, I don't know why we don't do it. Hey, Levi's, if you're listening, (laughs) make pockets that I can just switch between my pants. Okay. Okay. Make them big and deep for everybody. Okay. (laughs) Uh, So, and then you would put the dress on on top. And so then these pockets were under your skirts, which which made it a little safer. Um, but still, some people, uh, there are tales of some people not putting them under the underskirt or between the layers of petticoat. And if you were wearing like a hoop, somebody could easily slide under there and cut the strings without you knowing. Slide under your hoop? Yeah. Oh, no. You can hide tons of stuff under there. Three, four people sometimes. No, listen, They're I've huge. seen lots of movies, comedies mostly, where that has happened. Yeah. Um, and that's women's clothing. Now, we have to backtrack a little bit. And um, so during the medieval period, men were still wearing the uh, the drawstring pouch on the belt, uh-huh. um, which changed a little bit over time it became more of like a satchel right okay sometimes even attached to the belt or you could loop the belt through it kind of you know through the back right um and this was referred to as a wallet um it went in and out of style as far as like big wallets so what and wallet chains yeah is it too big to fit in your (laughs) jenkos i get you so at one point it was considered fashionable to have a big fat wallet Mm, right mm -hmm. because that meant yeah that's right meant you had a lot of coins you had a lot of stuff in there a lot of food whatever you want to put in there (laughs) a sandwich and your stacks yeah um but then that starts to wane and you because it was too showy one because it was too showy but also because um if you had a big fat wallet it meant that you had to carry those things around with you everywhere mm. it meant that your livelihood was not secure ah. at home so that way it you didn't you're like whatever it's fine it's safe at home because my house totally rules and i don't have anyone there who's going to steal my stuff it's exactly totally cool okay. exactly um and then the wallet started being started dropping out of favor as men started to get pockets actually sewn pockets. into their clothing. So pants pockets had were pockets. Game changer. Yep, pants had pockets. Vests, other known as waistcoats, had pockets, um, and jackets had pockets. So there was plenty of places to put a wallet, so you could still carry your stuff around with you. Um, and your wallet, one of those things, but you had other places to put it besides mm-hmm. hanging on your belt. Um, the wallet that we know today 
didn't really come into fruition until about the 1800s when the advent of paper money started. Right. Okay. Um, so no longer did you have to carry a lot of coins. You could very easily stack and fold um, your bills into your bill fold. Huh? Uh, okay. So here's something I've always wondered. Cause, so the wallet I carry now is one of those that's like long enough that you don't have to like fold. You put the bills in one side or the other, right? And then it's, mm-hmm. it's about what? Eight or nine inches long. As long as a as a piece of Right. Is money. that a billfold or is the billfold the one that folds in half to go in your pocket? Um, I believe that the one that folds in half is called a bifold. Okay. The one that folds in three is called a trifold. But those are both wallet. Yeah, <laughs> they are. The, the, none of these words mean anything, do they? Now? <laughs> right? Like the wallet bill folds. It's all marketing, book. baby. It's all Ugh. marketing. Is that why okay, I and mean, we might be jumping ahead a little bit here, but do you think that that is why traditionally, at least as far as like what has become uh, expected and normalized in fashion, that men don't carry purses because their pockets were pretty much left alone and they're sold wallets and uh, women traditionally, once again, expected carry purses because if they even get pockets, they're very shallow. Like why? Yes. You- so that all happened that's the next stage so i told you about how the women how dresses had slits in them so people wearing dresses could stick their hands into the pockets right Uh well what happened around the regency period is um you start to see a different style of dress so instead of these big skirts that could like hold a bunch of stuff right you start to see that empire waist and that straight line think of like jane austen right where it's all it's a very slim look they call it uh uh what do they call it um grecian right so it looks very very slim line and so there really wasn't it wasn't fashionable looking Mm -hmm. to wear those pockets underneath your dress it was like it's like the visible panty lines of then is now the visible pocket lines Mm -hmm. so if you had those visible pocket lines that was kind of gauche right that wasn't in vogue i mean and that also not to jump ahead again but when dudes wore suits every day that was also a thing of like knowing which pocket to Mm -hmm. put your things into so Mm -hmm. it didn't give you like weird lumps in your jacket and your you know, butt pocket and stuff. Exactly. Um, so then we see purses come back into style in the form of a reticule. Um, a what? A, a reticule? reticule? Which is a very, it's a longish purse, usually made of mesh or chain link or um, sometimes embroidery. It's high, heavily embroidered. Um, that has a clasp or a drawstring, usually a drawstring at the top. That's worn over the wrist. Okay. So like a little wristlet, right? Okay. Like a corsage, but to hold your money. And it hung down. Yeah, it, was like it a hung bag. down. Okay. It hung down. But these, again, were not very large um, because a woman who had to carry money uh, wasn't well taken care of, yes. quote unquote. That's what I thought you were going to say. Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, so they were very small, very impractical. You could probably get maybe a makeup compact, like a mirror. You could probably keep just a few coins, uh, maybe your powder if you wanted to put that in there, and like your house key. Okay. Basically it. Um, and this trend continues, and the reticule conti- continues to evolve until 
it is after World War II made into basically a miniature suitcase. And that's the purse that we know of today. Okay. Um, these purses had clasps, like actual, sometimes even locking clasps. They had sturdy handles instead of just the string. They had interior pockets, sometimes with zippers, sometimes not. Um, and they were much more easily portable because the style had changed to not just the string around your wrist. How much can you really carry yeah. a string around your wrist? To a uh, messenger type over the shoulder, uh, which was very popular in the war because that was what um, often soldiers carried on the front. Um, also, the one shoulder bag, the long handle bag, the carpet bag. Uh-huh. All of those things got kind and of shrunk yes, down yes, yes. Mm-hmm. into a purse. Uh And the reason why the purse continued to be a, a, quote, woman's only product was because, again, fashion. If you think about the fashions of the 1950s, Mm -hmm. especially the pants, very slim, very tight fitting. Um, When women wore men's trousers, it was an uproar like uh, like an Annie Hall. Right. Right. Those trousers were big enough. To actually have pockets and they were voluminous almost mm. uh, so you couldn't really see what was in there but like you think about pedal pushers and cigarette pants of the 50s mm-hmm. they're very tight yeah very Audrey Hepburn it's yeah with those cigarette pants right that's in, yeah yeah, mm-hmm. yeah um, I mean and the reason why they're called cigarette pants is because the they were like the original skinny jeans uh-uh. and cigarettes had the the slims right so they were very long and tubular, like the pants. I, I will say, though, hi, I'm Travis Ackroyd. Mm-hmm. Speaking, I think that it's uh, very outdated, the idea of women are sp- supposed to carry purses and men aren't. Because the thing is, let me tell you, folks, I now have many items that I leave the house with, my everyday carry items, if you will. And I've got a two-year-old. I got a bunch of stuff I got to carry. That's right. Like, I I more often than not leave the house with, like, a diaper bag or a backpack or something. Or, let's be honest, the culmination of any kind of carrying bag, the belly bag, also known (laughs) as the fanny pack, depending on where you are. I think, one, that needs to come back. I really appreciate it. I mean, that's kind of a take on the original wallet, right? That attached to your belt. Yes. I'm saying maybe, hey, if we're all being honest, maybe it's not a new thing. Maybe just we all are wising up to the importance of the belly bag and we all just need to swing back that way. Oh, belly bag. That's for everybody. I'm just saying it's convenient. And, you know, sometimes your, your pockets get full and heavy. And you fall down and you hurt yourself because you got keys in your pocket. Anyways, we need to be more careful. Um, And right now, I want to be careful to send a thank you note to our sponsors. Our first sponsor this week is ModCloth. And oh my gosh, I actually just got some mod cloth dresses in the mail that I'm going to take on the cruise. I was so happy to find them um, because, you know, if you've, if you've seen pictures of, of me, you know that I have a kind of retro style and mod cloth is where I go to get affordable uh, styles that would, that fit into my everyday life. Um, and I also love that they've got an inclusive size range um, because you never know. 
you might need one size one day and one size the next and all people need different sizes. So I would say that um, you should go ahead and stock up on your dresses and swimsuits for the next season by going to modcloth.com where you can get a 15% off of your purchase of $100 or more at modcloth.com when you enter the code schmanners at checkout. Um, it Just so you know, the offer is valid one time only, so one use and expires on May 5th, 2019. I just want to tell you about a new sponsor for Schmanners called Native. Native is working on creating safe, simple, and effective products that people use in the bathroom every day. They create products with trusted ingredients and trusted performance. Not convinced? Check out the 7,000 five-star reviews from their customers. Now listen, they sent us some deodorant. Mm-hmm. And I I was a little wary. I've been, and this is not a joke, I've been using the same deodorant since I was 15. I mean, different, different sticks of it. It hasn't right. been, okay. Right, it hasn't the lasted same, that long. The same brand and same scent, everything. And so I was wary. I was like, I don't know, trying a new deodorant. First of all, they smelled great. Definitely. I got the coconut and vanilla. Mm. And I Very did, sweet, not too fruity though. And I did the eucalyptus mint. And it was powerful enough even for my stank. You know, it was one of the, I, you know, I put it on and then like I ran on a treadmill, I chased our baby around, I slept in it, and I still smelled fine the next day. So like, it's won me over. And it's formulated without aluminum, parabens, and talc. Um, It's filled with ingredients found in nature, such as coconut oil, uh, shea butter, tapioca starch, and it's made in the USA with ingredients thoughtfully sourced from around the world. No animal testing, free shipping, and returns. So if you want to go check that out, you can uh, you can go to nativedeodorant.com. And when you do, use the promo code SCHMANNERS during checkout to get 20% off your first purchase. So go to nativedeodorant.com and use that promo code SCHMANNERS for 20% off your first purchase. Hi, I'm Joe Firestone. And I'm Manolo Moreno. And we're the hosts of Dr. Game Show, which is a podcast where we play games submitted by listeners regardless of quality or content with in-studio guests and callers from all over the world. And you can win a custom a magnet. A custom magnet. Subscribe now to make sure you get our next episode. What's an example of a game, Manolo? Pokemon or medication. How do you play that? You have to guess if something's a Pokemon name or a Medi- medication. medication. First-time listener, if you want to listen to episode highlights and also know how to participate follow dr game show on facebook instagram and twitter we'd love to hear yeah, from you it's really fun for the whole family we'll be every other wednesday starting march 13th and we're coming to max fun snorlax pokemon yes nice hello this is amy mann and i'm ted leo and we have a podcast called the art of process we've been lucky enough over the past year to talk to some of our friends and acquaintances from across the creative spectrum to find out how they actually work and so i have to write material that makes sense and makes people laugh i also have to think about what i'm saying to people if i kick your ass i'll make you famous the fight to get lgbtq representation in the show we weirdly don't know as many musicians as you would expect i really just became a political speechwriter by accident of realizing that I have accidentally uh, pulled my pants down. <laughs> Listen and subscribe at MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcast. It's like if the guinea pig was complicit in helping the scientist. Okay. 
as per usual, mm-hmm. we've got some questions. Well, here's here's something well, I want. What? Uh, 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 but I but want, our pattern. Uh, I just want to say um, that sometimes I get a little wrapped up in the history of something, and I don't adequately express how this relates to manners and etiquette today. And I think as far as like fashion is concerned, that's all about etiquette and manners Um, because there's a lot of negotiating that goes on between convenience and style and form and function. And when you are wanting to make a specific impression in the world, uh, fashion is one of the ways that you do that. And so I think that part of this whole wallet purse waxing and waning uh, really says a lot about a person in the time that they are. So so like maybe we're just at one end of the pendulum now and some very influential people will start going the other way and you know this person will carry a wallet instead of a person this person will carry a person instead of a wallet and maybe in 200 years this would be a completely different conversation. Exactly. And it actually has happened within our lifetime. Uh, in the 90s, it was very in style to have a tiny, tiny, tiny clutch, right? Which is a very small purse, usually uh, flattened, right? Because you can clutch it in the palm of your hand. <laughs> and then in reaction to that, we got the oversized bags of the 2000s, uh, designer bags that were usually, they looked almost like duffel bags. Some of mm-hmm. them were so large. And then I feel like the pendulum is almost swinging back again. Now we have, you have a clutch design in an oversize, right? That's very popular right now. It looks kind of like a big old envelope. I mean, I think that while while not nearly uh, unsurprisingly as interesting, I think wallets, you know, I, I made the joke about the wallet chain, but I think the trifold wallet now was popular for a while. And now the single folds, you know, the bifold wallet uh, is more in. And it used to be that like thick, chunky wallet was the norm, you know, put a bunch of your pictures in there, keep right. everything in there. And I think now that we've seen, you know, skinnier jeans, you know, cleaner lines uh, in in what would traditionally be considered men's fashion, um, I think that, you know, the slimmer wallet is more in vogue because of the lines. Absolutely. And, you know, Jenko jeans with the big pockets. We don't, <laughs> I think those are out. Okay, so here are the questions. This is from Sarah. What type of purses go along with different formal requirements? Okay, um, so I don't think it's about the type of purse. I think it's more about the size and design, right? Um, Is this going to go... I think this will tie into... I just noticed another question from Lainey. How big is too big for a purse one would bring to a formal event? Right. Okay. Um, I think that when you're at a formal event... Uh, a lot of the time, what happens is you are left standing for mm-hmm. a long time. Um, and so there's really no place to put your bag down. So I would suggest that with a formal event, you want a lighter bag, which yeah. usually means smaller. Um, but it's not really about the style of the bag. Uh, it needs to match the occasion, right? So I probably would not take a distressed leather over the shoulder bag to like say a gala 
especially if it didn't really match my outfit. Um, but I might take that distressed leather bag to, say, an outdoor wedding, right? right? Uh, which is can still be a formal event, but it's it more mixes with the actual occasion. Okay, so it's more about it. You know, I think about it like a tie. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like a sleeker, you know, black and white tie for a formal occasion, and a more flamboyantly patterned one for you know going to hang out with friends somewhere nice. You know, or going to a play opening or something. Sure, sure. Um. So, you can tell that I don't go to a lot of, <laughs> you know, to go to something, whatever. I would say the more hoity-toity formal it is, the smaller the bag should be. Because the odds that you're going to be able to stash it somewhere are very slim. Yeah. So you want to keep that light. Um, but in general, just, you know, keep it fashion. Make it look good. Uh, this question is from Nintendet. How long can I spend putting change back in my wallet at the register without disrupting the line? Um, and I just want to say, I very much relate to, I am one of those people who will meticulous have, you know, stuff in my wallet. And then when it's handed to me, just shove that in my pocket mm-hmm. and sort it out later. Cause I just don't want to be, that a is what I would recommend. I would say that you can put the, the bills in wherever you keep those bills all together. Don't. And then you can put the change where you put your change. But if it takes any more sorting than that, you need to step out of the way so that the next person can be served at the register. Um, so you don't have to shove it all willy-nilly in your pocket. Uh, but if it takes longer than to just separate out bills in one section, change in the other, you need to step aside. I can't stand change in my wallet. Yeah? I can't stand. I'm like the princess in the pea. Do I you put it in your it. pocket? I do. Mm-hmm. And then I just throw it away. No. And then I, <laughs> I have many containers at home. I, every time like a a coffee mug gets a chip in it, it becomes a coin holder. <laughs> um, but I will also say, because we got to ask this question a couple times about like wallet placement. My mm-hmm. recommendation, if you are wearing, especially wearing a suit, you want a thin, small wallet, once again, much like a purse, as small as you can go, right? That has, like, your ID, a credit card, maybe some cash in it. And then, um, depending on the kind of jacket you're wearing, I always recommend inside pocket of the jacket. Mm-hmm. Um, especially if it's a jacket that has a pocket square, because that will oftentimes do a really nice job masking the line of your wallet in that. You don't want a big clunky wallet in your pants pockets Um, especially dress pants because they tend to be thinner correct um i also would say um in general i try not to carry my wallet in my back pocket because i think it's uncomfortable um and also i think you know i grew up yours kind of sticks out the top this is true because i do i don't i don't have a foldy wallet and also because i since I was a kid, have been convinced that pickpockets are anywhere there are more than three people standing <laughs> around. Um, so I always try to keep it somewhere where, where I can feel it close to my heart. Um, let's see. This question is from Jeeves, and it's uh, not exactly the Jeeves topic. Jeeves is asking us a question. I know. If you find a lost wallet slash purse on the street, is it acceptable to look through it in an attempt to find ID to contact the owner and return it? Or should you just take it to the relevant authorities effectively unexamined? Um, Here's the thing. I don't think that the authorities will be able to tell whether you examined it or not. They're not going to 
run fingerprints on someone turning in a wallet. Um, so it really just depends on how much time you have on your hands, well, right? I, I think that maybe the question is, because we also got a bunch of questions about, are you allowed to like go through someone's purse or something? I mean, I assume not just for snooping, but like if you need a cough drop or whatever. I, I think that in that circumstance, if I lost my wallet and you like maybe, depending on the size of your town, even knew me or could just like pop it in an envelope and mail it to my address, like I wouldn't mind it personally right i wouldn't feel like that was an invasion of privacy I, it's lost you know what i mean like it, i'd much rather that than you say like well never mind right because there's always a chance i don't know how police handle this kind of thing that they're going to hold it until i call and see and ask if i've lost it or something i don't know but i don't consider it an invasion of privacy um, um, so what I would say, just don't take the money. <laughs> I'll, t I'll give you a reward. Most wallets are of the style where they have a kind of see-through window for an ID. And I think if you can just open the wallet to see that ID to be able to return it, then that's cool. That's all good. But if it is something that you have to rifle through, uh, I would just leave it and give it to the the correct authorities um and sometimes you can return a wallet to uh, a post office as well um but not everywhere um along those same lines nathan asks when slash whose wallet or purse is it acceptable to look through anyone who gave you permission yes. <laughs> like i'm pretty sure it's cool if i look in Teresa's purse for something yes especially if i say it's in my purse right which is kind of the 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 permission that I usually give Travis. Oh, where's my wallet? Oh, it's in my purse. I picked it up yeah, for you. And I don't care if you look at my wallet. But I do think that it's something you should not assume. Yes. Ever. Ever. Um, This is uh from Shelby. How long, and I love this question, how long do you wait to pull out your wallet when you're checking out? And the reason I love this question is I've worked retail many times and in many different forms. Uh, I've also worked like concession stands in a movie theater, that kind of thing. And I find it, and the only word I can think of is demeaning when somebody pulls out money and just like points it at me long before I'm ready to take it. <laughs> because one, either I stand there with someone waving money in my face or two, I take it while with the other hand trying to type in and now I'm, ugh. so I say my advice is when they tell you the total. Exactly. Not to say that you can't have, if you're like paying with card, picked out the card that you're already doing it uh, that you're decided you're going to use um i often have my purse open my wallet at the ready and then once the total is given that's when i pull the card i want to use right. out um but i mean here's th here's the other thing like I think it's always better to have it ready than to fumble for it. I think that that is true. I just think that like it's I, I but I also think there's a difference between pulling it out of your pocket versus like waving something in someone's oh, face. Oh, no. Um, it should. I don't think that you can you should extend whatever you're paying with to the person checking you out unless they've get, they've told you the total. Then you can start to extend. But to have it closer, like have it ready in your pocket or uh, picked out from your wallet, I think that that's fine. Um, you, yeah, I'm sorry you had so much cash okay. waved in your face, babe. It's okay. 
I also, because I worked at a uh, the register for a concession stand, I heard this a lot. How much for popcorn? It used to be a quarter. No, it did not. <laughs> not no, here, Unless sir. you're like 150. <laughs> there is no way. Like 30-year-old people would say that This to me. ain't no Nickelodeon. Right. <laughs> like people would look at me like, you've never, you've never bought candy at a concession stand and it was a quarter. What are you talking about? Get out of here. You're not allowed to see Dumb and Dumber or whatever. All right. That's going to do it for us this week. Um <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, go check out all the other amazing shows on MaximumFun.org. Uh, also, I want to let you know we are going to be touring with my brother, my brother, and me, and the Adventure Zone. We're going to San Jose, California, and Salt Lake City. Uh, we're going to be at those locations at some point during April 2nd to 4th. You can check out those dates by going to McElroy.Family and clicking on Tours. And while you're there, check out all the cool merch I think as of March 1st, there will be new merch. So maybe when you're hearing this, Ooh. there is new merch up. Um, let's see. What else, Teresa? Well, we want to say our thank yous to Brent Brentelfloss Black for writing our theme music, which is available as a ringtone where that's found. Uh, also, thank you to Kayla M. Wassel for our Twitter thumbnail art. Check out her portfolio. Um, and you can contact us on Twitter at Schmanners cast. Keep an eye on that Twitter. We tend to do a lot of fun things on there during the Max Fun Drive. Which is coming up and we recorded a super fun bonus episode which you'll only get if you're a Max Fun donor and we'll tell you all about that later. You can also reach us at the uh, at our email which is schmannerscast at gmail.com um, Thank you to Keely Weiss Photography for our cover le- cover picture um, for the fan run Facebook group Schmanners Fanners you should join that and you can get and give great advice from our other listeners and that's going to do it for us so join us again next week no RSVP required you've been listening to Schmanners 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 get it MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.